Hey there, you're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Becky. And I'm Kara. This is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. Today's topic is... Optimism in Times of Uncertainty. Becky, I think I'm correct in saying that we would both consider ourselves optimistic people for the most part. Absolutely. Something that I'm really excited to discuss with you for this episode is this idea of optimism and specifically, you know, how do we maintain that optimistic attitude in uncertain times? Because, you know, for the benefit of those who are listening to this archived podcast in the far, far future of like 2060, when we just like to talk has become like a dominant religion and stuff. <laughs> um, we're recording this during the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, which just seems to be dragging on. And it's hard. It's hard to keep our spirits up. It's hard to stay optimistic. So I'm excited because you and I are both optimistic people. But I think we also just have slightly different perspectives and different techniques. So I'm excited to learn from you and for you to learn from me. Mm, I love that. And so necessary for these times, like you were saying. I think everyone is so tired of being in a pandemic and like the world's on fire, you know? Shit's crazy right now. It's true. (laughs) Uh, So... I wanted to start us off with discussing the difference between optimism and toxic positivity. You and I have addressed the latter way back near the beginning of this podcast. We did an episode about uh, smiling more and about toxic positivity, especially on social media. Yeah. So I want to talk about this because one thing I don't want our listeners to take away from this episode is this idea that we're telling you to smile more and just be happy and everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's what optimism is. What do you think? No, I I totally agree with that statement of there's definitely a difference between being optimistic and being like blindly positive all the time. Toxic positivity just runs rampant right now, especially in uh, social media, Instagram specifically. I think there's so much bullshit on the internet just being like, (laughs) you can do it. You're resilient, blah, blah, blah. Live your best life by buying this product that I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm sponsored to advertise. It'll make your life amazing. You'll be so much happier. Yeah, like, and then also there's self-help books, but it's like, you know, I I think I think there's certain self-help books that are a lot better at dealing with things realistically, whereas some are just like, okay, if you do these like, you know, five things, your life is going to completely change. And it's like, yeah, but at what cost, you know? Well, and our lives might change, but that doesn't mean that the society we live in changes. And something I want to touch on later on in the episode is talking about 
optimism from a social point of view, right? Because you mm -hmm. can improve your own life, but if you're still living in the same fundamentally unchanged society, those improvements are only ever going to be temporary or very small, right? Like mm -hmm. you can only change so much about yourself, but the world around you doesn't change. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great point. And I'm excited to talk about that uh, coming up. Here's what I want to ask you is, is there anyone in your life that you feel like has more of this like toxic positivity trait or well, I don't know if it's a trait. Are you, but, like, are you asking me to like name names here? Should I yeah. be burning some bridges? On yes. Spill the tea, Kara. <laughs> yeah. I, I think for me, when I am not feeling optimistic, I turn to people like you or I turn to distractions like a TV show that I like because I just kind of like want to ride out that wave. And I know that once my mood has changed and calmed down, my optimism will return, right? Like my optimism can be suppressed, but it's not yeah. going to go away forever. I guess I'm optimistic about my optimism coming back. <laughs> okay, I love that. And ditto also. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. It's like, it's like you know who to go to when you're not feeling at your best. And that's like really important. I will say there is someone in my life. Love her. She's great. But I, I noticed that once in a while, like the toxic positivity will seep through. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it's like how she was raised or her perception or like a cultural thing. But it's like every once in a while, let's say, I don't know, it's like a work issue or something and, and I'll quickly vent about it. And then I notice that once it's like every once in a while, she'll just say something like, yeah, but like we, we always have to look on the bright side and like we always have to be grateful for certain things. And I'm just like, yeah, like that's you. But like you can't push that onto me and expect me to adopt that attitude. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to like bring everyone down and like make things negative, but like let's be realistic about the situation as well. Mm -hmm. And also when people like ask you how you're doing, like you're allowed to say you're not okay. Like, yeah. are you just asking it for pleasantry or are you like, are you being real and saying like, how are you feeling? Like, how are you actually doing? I, I feel like how are you has become a very loaded question in the past two years and I'm not <laughs> yes. here for it anymore. I feel like we need to, we need to change up that cultural greeting. So instead of yep. saying, how are you? We have to, we, we need something else because it doesn't work anymore. What would you prefer? Do you, like, do you have something in mind? And I know, Oof. I know what you're saying. I agree with you. Um. So can we do something more just more neutral where it's just like uh, not really like know, about hello? your feelings? Yeah. Or even I guess it's more it's so of nice like, to see you. Yeah, it's so nice to see you because then or hope your day is going well. Sure. But then it's like the person can turn around and be like, actually, my day's been yeah. a dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> I am struggling um, when it comes to social media. I'm struggling with the fact that you know, I'm trying hard not to share too much of my struggles on social media because right. that isn't working for me right now. I don't want to use that as a place to vent. Mm -hmm. So at the same time, I have trouble posting sometimes, mostly on Twitter because that's where I'm most active. 
because I don't want to create this false impression that everything is okay and I'm happy and I'm just jokey all the time. So it's this weird catch-22 where it's like I have to choose between maybe being more open about how I'm feeling than I want to or being very quiet and not participating, which is okay. But, you know, at the same time, it's like maybe there's people I want to talk to there or maybe people will get concerned if they don't hear from me on social media for a while. So it, it's a struggle. And, and I, I'm not sure how much of that is how I use social media versus how social media is built. You know, the fact that we're, the algorithm is constantly chasing after us for engagement isn't great, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ah. I can relate. I can relate to you on this. I think a lot of people are feeling that too. It's like almost like this all or nothing feeling in a way. Like either I know certain people that have just totally disengaged from, in, obviously, you know, I use Instagram more or the mm-hmm. most and they've just like totally taken a step back and I think that's great and that's healthy but I also know that some people enjoy it but I do see this this trend of just being like I'm gonna be a little bit ignorant and I'm just gonna you know post about this brand's sponsorship blah 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 and that's mm-hmm. like that's okay but then where is the balance if you're just doing that and I and I also feel the struggle too because it's I agree with you. I don't want to go on there and be like, you know, I'm feeling a little bit anxious today, blah, blah, blah. And then have this like super long caption about like how I'm feeling. It's like, yeah, like maybe like every once in a while I'll do that and I'll be like, yo, like this is what's up in my life. Yeah. But I feel like I'm just trying to be real without like you know, being super depressive on there. <laughs> well, and we all have our brand on social media, right? So like, you know, yeah. in my case on Instagram, with a few exceptions, all I ever post about is my knitting because that's the decision I made was my Instagram account is a knitting account and I'm doing it to spread positivity. And I don't want to be real on Maine because um, that's yeah. not what the account's for. And similarly with you, right? Like, yes, your account is a little bit of a kind of influencer account and you post a lot of photos of yourself modeling and mm-hmm. you know, wearing amazing clothes that look somehow <laughs> even more amazing on you. Um, so sweet. Yeah, like I it's more you, like fashion beauty based. Yeah, and, and you've That's definitely made an effort over the past couple of years to uh, be a little bit more open. And, and I re- remember you posted things, you know, over the past year or so talking about taking mm-hmm. steps back and taking breaks and acknowledging that you're not okay. And I appreciate that. But yeah. I think it's worth remembering that like people on these social media accounts, they're on these accounts for a reason. And maybe it is part of their business and it's part of their brand. And it's like, we can't expect them to be real. So yes. we have to remind ourselves that these things real. aren't real. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the toxic positivity there. So to bring it back to optimism, um, <laughs> Becky, why yeah. are you optimistic or why do you want to be optimistic? What's the point? Uh, I don't know if it's like, it's just like my my habit, I would say. Like, I don't, I don't think people are born optimistic. I think like you like mm-hmm. learn to be 
And I just feel like over the years, I've like, I've cultivated a certain attitude towards life to be like, okay, I can either be pessimistic and negative about, about stuff and, and have this belief that things won't turn out or everything is going is going to go to shit. Or I can try to look on the bright side. I can have faith. I can have some hope. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just something that I've, I've, I've cultivated over the years. And I think it's because I've seen certain people be pessimistic and like they're, it's not like they're like more successful than me or, you know, they have more friends or their lives are amazing. So it's like, I look at that and I'm like, there must be like some correlation here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that there aren't successful people who are pessimistic because I'm sure there are, but it's like, I think for the most part, it's like, I'll get a little woo woo, but it's like, you know, you attract a certain energy and then you attract certain things if you're, you know, on a higher vibration or I don't know. I've kind of noticed it over the last even couple of weeks. If I'm like in a low state and in a low mood, it's like, yeah, things are going to like annoy me and I'm going to just feel like, ah, like the world's awful and whatever. And then I just like don't feel good in my body. But then it's like, if I flip it and turn it around and I'm like, okay, like what are some things I can be grateful for? What's going well in my life? What am I looking forward to? What do I think is going to happen that's going to go really, really well? How can I turn this around? And then I just feel like my day is going better and my life is going better. And I don't know, just I'm in a better mood. So yeah, I I would say that's how I've learned to be optimistic. What about you, Kara? Well, I agree with you that optimism is more of a philosophy than something built into us as part of our inherent personality. Yeah. Um, I'll bring us back down to the ground from the woo-woo. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> to me, the reason I have chosen to be optimistic is because I don't believe in a greater force out there. I'm not religious. I'm not particularly spiritual. I don't think there's something guiding us in the universe And, you know, I look around and yeah, like, as you said earlier, the world's on fire and um, (laughs) life can be pretty brutish, uh, you know, nasty, brutish and short to quote Hobbes. But, um, you know, I look at these things and I'm like, well, if we want things to be better, we are the ones who have to make them better. They are not magically going to get better on their own. So that, for me, is the driving force behind my optimism, is this idea that, you know, we are the ones who are creating our own future. And so if I want a better future, I have to envision a better future. And it has to be a better future that's connected to my present. You know, and, and that's the difference between optimism and just empty idealism for me. Right. You know, it's, it's one thing to say, yeah, I want to be rich and famous and powerful and like dream up all these big dreams. Mm-hmm. That's a lovely idea. That's a lovely fantasy. But that's not optimism because it's not connected to my present. I don't have a clear kind of path in my mind from where I am right now to that fantastical future. So for me, optimism is this attitude of regardless of how I'm feeling in the present, whether I'm satisfied, dissatisfied happy, sad, you know, uh, fulfilled, not fulfilled, regardless of my current state of being. Optimism means looking forward, 
thinking about the future I want Mm -hmm. and starting to create those concrete goals of how do I build that future? Who do I want in that future with me? Who do I want to be in that future? How am I going to get there? So I like being optimistic, but I would also say I'm a bit of a pragmatist. You know, I just, I don't let my pragmatism drag me down. Yeah. I like that. I like what you said too, about how, like, what are you envisioning for your future? Who's around you? What are you doing? But then I'll add, I'll also add, it's like, how are you feeling? You know, to me, that's one of the biggest things and, and sort of what I've been trying to base my goals around lately anyway. I'm like, okay, in general, let's say when I'm talking about my health, how do I want to feel? And like, what are the things that I need to do that are going to bring me closer to how I want to be feeling? Okay, meditation for sure. Uh, Eating less gluten, less dairy, just like trying to be a little bit more conscious, eating lots of veggies, walking a lot. You know, I maybe we can also bring this into like, New Year's resolutions. <laughs> oh, here. Yes, <laughs> please. Because we, we've just gotten into the new year. And, you know, let's, we can even bring it back to the whole toxic positivity thing. It's like, oh, new year, new me. And it's like, really? Like, you think a date is going to change all of that? And, like, you think that, like, this grandiose plan of, like, I want to lose, you know, 50 pounds or whatever. It's like, yeah. That's a that that can be a legitimate goal and, and and I'm not knocking anybody's goal who is like if you want to lose weight that's totally fine but it's like you can't just put out this goal and be like yes I want to do this and then but like what are the what are the actions that you're going to take yeah what are the day-to-day things you're going to be doing how are you going to be feeling and are they realistic right and, yeah and are they realistic are they totally. healthy yes um, And also, like, where is this desire coming from? Why Mm. are you making that that goal? And this kind of links in with what you were saying about how do you want to feel in the future? I I think when it comes to New Year's resolutions, when it comes to the idea of self-improvement, so much of it is wrapped up in an industry that has sprung up around improving ourselves. So when we frame our self-improvement goals around these very quantifiable metrics of weight loss or spending and saving Mm -hmm. or number of steps we take. Like sometimes those can work for you, but where I I think it's very important for us to ask, where is this desire coming from? You know, are you, are you saying I want to lose weight because you you personally, that's going to make you feel better or are you doing it because there's that pressure from our fat phobic society that you need to change your body to be more acceptable? Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Questioning where is this desire? Where is this goal coming from? That's a really good point. Yeah. You know, to, to be optimistic, I think you have to that has to come from you. It can't, it can't be forced upon you and it, it can't be delegated to you, right? There is no such thing as an Instagram post that's going to make me a more optimistic person. Right, because you know? that's such a fleeting feeling when you yeah. see something and you're like, wow, it's even like I've been guilty of that for sure. Like I'll see something and I'm like, wow, like I feel so motivated. 
And then I do this this thing or this habit for like a day and then I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, that's too much work. Well, we've <laughs> talked about forming habits before, right? We did a whole episode on that and that's really tough. Like I, I, I think that's part of what people struggle with is we so often frame our self-improvement goals around forming a new habit and forming a new habit is really hard. Yeah. So maybe if you have a self-improvement goal, maybe find a way to articulate it that doesn't put as much pressure on you to form new habits, you know? Yeah. I remember listening, I think it was a podcast, but anyway, I remember hearing this whole thing about like goals and, and changing your habits. And, um, the way that he framed it was basically like, you really have to like change your foundation. You really have to like change part of your identity, which is one of the hardest things to change. So, Let's say um, you want to have a habit of running more. You basically have to ingrain it in yourself that like you are a runner. Mm-hmm. Not that you run, like you are a runner. <laughs> and so it's like then you start doing all the things that a runner would do. And it's like these small steps to get you to that place. But it's like you really have to like change that part of your life, essentially. Yeah, like – I agree with that. Like improvements to your life come from changes in your life. And I like how you, how you related to the idea of foundational changes. So for example, my life did improve quite a bit when I moved into my own house. Oh, I thought you were going to say when you met me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting there. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) So my life improved when I moved into my own house Um, because I had my own space and that made it easier for me to form different habits and different routines. But Mm -hmm. I needed that dramatic foundational change of I'm changing where I live. And then, yes, I started spending more time with you and we started cooking together. (laughs) And that improved my life because I was opening myself to new recipes and new ideas. And I also remember how after you moved to Montreal, Mm -hmm. Uh, you were unemployed for a time and bored and you started phoning me every day (laughs) and it became a habit. And I I feel like that directly correlated with when I really started walking more frequently, at least during the warmer parts of the year, (laughs) not so much now, Um, but you know, cause you'd phone me or I'd phone you and we'd go for walks together. Um, And even it got to the point, right. Where even on the days where we weren't talking or, you know, I might go, for, I might start going for a walk and then I would listen to a podcast and maybe you'd phone me at some point during my walk. Maybe not. Right. But it's like, I was in the habit of walking because I was in the habit of having these phone calls with you. Mm. But if I had just made a goal of, I want to start walking more, I probably wouldn't have done it. Cause that sounds like work and I don't like being outdoors, but because I had <laughs> this enjoyable activity that I was doing while I was going for walks, it made it so much easier. So, yeah. you know, I, I and, and just to kind of bring this back to the idea of optimism, for me, I am optimistic about self-improvement in the sense that I know that I can be happier and change my life for the better, but it isn't always going to happen in the nice, neat, systematic way that those Instagram posts and those scammy advertisements promise me. 
Mm. It's more of a struggle. It can be very subtle. It can happen in surprising ways. It can be very incremental. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, optimism is also not putting pressure on myself to achieve all my self-improvement goals in nice, neat, straightforward, linear ways. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really like that. And I think to add to that for myself, I would say that absolutely like environmental changes can really change your habits and and change your life. Like you said, just changing your, up your space, right? Like for me, uh, moving to Montreal, I was like, it was like I was out of my parents' house. I'm independent. So yeah, it was a lot of change and a lot of scary change. But then it was like, oh, like I can start hosting people at my place and I can visit new places in Montreal and explore. Yeah, it kind of, it it changes you as a person. So I like that. And then uh, also with with goals, for sure, like optimism, it's like, it's so easy to imagine this totally new version of yourself and be like, okay, like that's going to make me happy. But it's like, is it? And like, that's going to be really challenging to get to that place. So why don't mm -hmm. you focus on like the really small changes that you can make? Right. And, and having that, um, what was I going to say? Right. And, and being okay with, not having that clear end goal in sight. So you and I were talking recently about my optimism around being more social once the pandemic has wound down. So it's very difficult right now for me to get out and go places because there's a scary virus everywhere. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've, I've expressed before my frustration around how I came out and started my transition just before everything really locked down for the first time. And now it's been almost two years and I, I'm very comfortable with myself as a person and I'm very comfortable with you and my friends and my colleagues at work. But socially, just in general, there's so many people I might have run into that I haven't really talked to in years. Um, I don't know what I'm like at events because I never used to go to events either, but now I feel more comfortable and I'm excited. So for me, you know, I'm frustrated right now and it's very negatively affecting my current mental health, but that doesn't erase my optimism for the future, you know, and, and to, to bring this into the idea of uncertainty, right? We don't know when the pandemic's going to end <laughs> and it's hard. It would be so much easier, right? If somebody said, you know what, the pandemic will end on July 2nd, 2022. That's it. July 2nd, 2022, coronavirus will be gone. Really? Um, July 3rd, we can start our lives again. Yeah, right? Like, I'm writing it in we, my agenda right now. <laughs> if we had a, a, a clear date, we would know. And, and that would make us feel better and we could plan. And it's the fact that we can't and we don't know how long this is going on for that's so draining, I think. <sighs> so for me, you know, it's that compartmentalization of I am feeling frustrated right now, but I can at the same time feel optimistic because I know that whenever this pandemic is over, whether it's three months or six months or longer, I'm going to be able to go out there and I'm going to have the confidence and the skills to start exploring myself socially. But like you were saying, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. 
And so rather than making these grandiose predictions of like, this is exactly what my social life is going to be like after the pandemic, to me, optimism in these uncertain times is saying, this is something I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to embracing it and exploring it and seeing how I grow into it. And who knows what I'm going to get out from it. But uh, I'm excited to find out. And I'm so excited to be on this journey with you as well Thank and you. to see that for you. Okay, so you'd sort of mention like things that help you in terms of optimism. So I'm going to go with, with that in that direction. Yeah, it's like, like you said, it's like these are very uncertain times. We can't control like our society. We're, we're only one person, right? We can only make so much change as an individual. I'm, actu- I'm actually three people in a trench coat, but thanks. That makes a lot more sense considering That's how- why I'm so tall. Yes. And how productive and good at adulting <laughs> you are. So this makes total sense. Thank you for clarifying that. I appreciate it. Go on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so focusing on things that I can control. So my environment, as in my, my actual space- right? Like I can control yep. how messy or how clean it is. And, and I think for both of us, it, it really has an impact like on our, on our mental so health. So much. So much. It's like, you just feel so much, but I, I feel so good when my space is like neat and tidy. I'm like, ah, yes. Um, and then my lifestyle in general, the choices that I'm making, you know, today I was like, yeah, I'm going to have pizza for breakfast why the fuck not and then of course like because there are moments and I'm sure so many people can relate I know you can relate when you feel isolated you feel a little bit alone it's I think it's always really great just to connect with your friends even if it is virtually like you were mentioning I would call you all the time and I still fucking do because it's really nice to hear your voice it's great to connect. It's great to chat, to vent, whatever. Lift each other up as we do. Uh, therapy, we have a whole episode about therapy. Uh, challenges that we've talked about in there and why mm-hmm. we started in the first place. I think it's like such a game changer. Like I remember last year, there were moments where I was like, I am dreading therapy, but I know it, it's going to help me. And I know it's going to be like so uncomfortable. You know, she's going to ask me questions and challenge me. But like it's like cough medicine. It tastes awful, but it does but it work. works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like going to the dentist. It's like yeah, you don't love going to the dentist, but like that feeling of like your mouth being so clean and your That's teeth true, yeah. being clean. Like yeah, it's good. Or a wax even. <laughs> and then I would also like to add. As a highly sensitive person, I tend to be a bit of a sponge. So I have to be very careful with what I'm consuming. And for me, that means, and I'm not joking, never watching the news. And I mean ever. I mean, this is a whole other podcast episode in its own right. But I feel like the way that we consume news has changed a lot generationally and and culturally in the past decade, especially with the internet, right? But like, you know, the the TV news used to be an event and you'd sit down after dinner and you'd watch the TV news and Mm. it was a way for predominantly white middle-class American families 
to feel connected to the rest of the country and to cheer on their their particular political hobby horse. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the way we consume media has changed so much. The way we consume news has changed so much. I think our, our relationship with the news is fundamentally different now. Yeah, true. It is different. And it definitely has changed. It's like on 24-7 now. And yeah. it's almost like they're seeking like any little story they can. The toxic negativity cycle. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about post-apocalyptic or dystopian stories right now? I hate them. I refuse <laughs> to watch them. Even like certain books. It's like, yeah. I, it's interesting because I don't, have an issue reading like a thriller or suspenseful right, but novel. Those, those are more individual stories, right? Of this one person having a really bad day. Yeah, or like this girlfriend or whatever. Like the girlfriend in the book is is crazy psycho, and she's like planning on killing her boyfriend. Like those stories, I thrive on because I'm like, yeah, like aren't we all a little crazy? Like I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you telling me that you see yourself in the? Oh, my God. Oh, dear. The things I'm learning about you in this episode. Watch um, out. No, I, I'm with you on that. I'm taken aback by the way that the pandemic has caused our society to take a hard turn into embracing dystopian fiction, you know, and mm. so many TV shows right now feel so dark. Like, there's a reason why I haven't watched a lot of new TV shows lately. And part of it is right. because... All of the most popular ones feel incredibly fucking dark. And I don't want that. I want stuff that's going to lift me up and make me laugh and feel good and optimistic. And here you have all these really dark shows. And I see things like Station Eleven, which I've read that book. Okay. You know, and like, like it's a, it's a fantastic book. But why are we turning it into a TV show right now during a literal real pandemic? <laughs> um, I know. It's too much. I want to talk a little bit about being more optimistic on a social level. It's one thing to be optimistic in your own life, but I feel like there's a lot of people out there who are what I would call good, progressively minded people. But when you show them a more you know, optimistic or better vision of the future, they come back with a very pessimistic response, you know? And when we talk about things like ending poverty, ending homelessness, you know, abolishing prisons, uh, introducing better working conditions. There's people I talk to and they're like, yeah, that all sounds great, but it's never going to happen. And, you know, we just have to live with the way things are and just accept it. And Mm. that really bothers me because, yeah, of course, if you feel like you can't actually make any change, then yes, things will be stuck the way they are. Um, I feel like it's a very ahistorical philosophy, though, because, you know, if we look back at history, things have become better because of the fact that we've struggled. We have the world we live in today and we've made the progress we've made on women's rights or queer representation and rights or, uh, you know, whatever uh, struggle you name, whatever progress you've made, however small has happened because people have been optimistic. They've said, we can make this change. Power of the people. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it it reminds me of conversations I've had with you about climate change, right? Because you and I are both 
very um i think we're i i think we're very invested in trying to figure out what can we do when it comes to fighting climate change right what can we do as people as individuals mm-hmm and the more that the world is coming around to this idea that climate change is real and it's happening and we're causing it, there's this rising wave of people saying, okay, well, we're too far gone, so there's nothing we can do to fix it, and we just have to live with it, and everything's going to suck. Mm. And I don't like that. I, I, I think that's, a, that, that's, that's almost as bad as denying climate change. So I, I think yeah. you know, we have to be optimistic, and we have to say we can make changes but it's not about the individual, right? Like, yes, obviously I'm going to try to use less water and use less plastic or whatever. Like, yes, I'll try those things. But it's like, what can I as an individual do to move the levers in our society to change our society overall, right? And I have to believe that it is possible to do that. And we may disagree on what levers we can push and pull. So like, I know there are some people who think that voting is crap. And it doesn't matter who you vote into power, they're still going to mess it up and it's never going to result in good stuff. And I get that. I'm still going to vote personally. Yeah. But like, I can disagree on those mechanisms. But what I need people to agree with me on is the idea that we can make the world a better place somehow together. Damn. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> I love that. Change is possible. And... We can do it like this. I'm sorry. This is my optimism coming out. Like we are. Yes, we're in uncertain times right now. We have no idea what's going to happen after this pandemic is over. So maybe instead of saying, let's just go back to normal. Let's just go back to the way things are. Maybe we need to see the uncertainty as an opportunity, because if you don't know how things are going to work out, maybe you can affect the outcome. Amen, sister. <laughs> Let's go make some change. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox now. No, I love it. I I love hearing the optimism come out. It's uh, Thank you. Yeah. I feel more optimistic after our discussion. So thank you for that. <laughs> and I hope love our listeners it. feel more optimistic. I hope so too. So if our listeners want to share their optimism with us, please don't share your pessimism. Uh, yeah. How can they find us, Becky? Well, we have a Facebook page. We just like to talk. And you can email us. We just like to talk at gmail.com. We always want to hear from you. Well, especially if you're optimistic. We definitely want to hear yes. from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you because talking to you always makes me feel better. You know, and I was not feeling great, as you know, earlier today before we were going to record and having some conversations with you both before the recording and during this recording it's just i feel better so i'm always more optimistic because i have you in my life oh same here my friend i feel very (laughs) optimistic Health check passed. We are now recording.